Today's teaching text comes from the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verse 7 and 12 to 21. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in this scroll. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this scroll, If anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. And if anyone takes words away from this scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this scroll. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hello, TGC. I am so thrilled to be with you, even in this virtual way. Uh, My name is Edwin Colon. I come from uh, the Recovery House of Worship, Brooklyn. I am thrilled to be with you this morning. Um, I'm grateful that we get to share this time together. Now, I know that you've been in a series. Let's get right into it. You've been in a series on the words of Jesus. And so I thought as I was uh, charged to think of uh, preaching on the words of Jesus, I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to just take the time and look at the very last words that Jesus had that are recorded in Scripture, I should say. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at the book of Revelation in chapter 22, and we're going to look at his final words. Now, this is important because we all know that final words mean something. Like if your parents are sick, like really, really sick, or someone that you love is really, really sick, you want to be there and you want to hear their final words. Final words are very, very important. These are the last words, recorded words that we have of Jesus. And so we're going to be paying attention to them. But before we do, I want you to know who these words were written to. See, in the book of Revelation, there had been a church who had thought that Jesus was going to be coming back like any hour, like any hour. And by the way, we should live like this too. We should uh, live our lives like Jesus is coming back before lunch, before dinner. Like, like that's an important aspect of the Christian walk. Well, these people had thought Jesus was going to come back any hour and they had been Christians for decades. Now, they had suffered a great deal. They were weary and worn out, and some of their faith started to fade. 
I don't know if you've ever been in that. I have. I, I, I know what it's like to just sit down and go, what is this all about? What's this all for? Why do I even bother doing this? Especially if you've been involved in ministry or even if you've just been involved in sharing your faith with your friends or walking in Christ. Sometimes we just get weary. And this last two years has been something else for wearying Christians. And so um, this, this whole book is, the purpose of this entire book is to encourage Christians not only not to lose hope, not only not to grow weary, but to look to Jesus, to find in Jesus the hope and the joy and the satisfaction that we all need. And so this message today, this message is for marriages that are weary marriages that have like you thought you've married somebody that you want to be with forever and then you're staying in the same room 24 7 for 16 months and you're like reconsidering the idea forever or maybe you're single and this isolation and the covid um that has really um discouraged you and it's like oh my gosh how can i even meet anyone let alone get married and, and what am I going to do? How can I go forward? And you're just weary. For the, some of you, you've really had to struggle with some medical issues during this time, and you're just weary. And, and for others, you've been, the, this time of isolation has really messed with your mental health. And, and the depression medication is not working, and, and the encouragements that others are giving is not helping, and you're just, that's where you're at. And so if you've if you fall into any one of those categories or any other categories of needing to be encouraged, I want you to know that the whole purpose of this passage is to remind us that Jesus is our hope. Our hope is not found in our circumstances. Our hope is not found in our health. Our hope is not found in our marriage. Our hope is not found in our singleness. Our hope is not found in our effectiveness and our ability to, to work in the way that we used to. Our hope is not found in anything other than Christ. And so we're going to look to the text, and I know we've just read it, so why don't we just look to this text and find our hope in Jesus? Let's look to what Jesus would have to say. And here's how he starts. And it's really interesting. In verse 7 and in verse 12, he starts the exact same way. He says, look. Say look. Look. I know. You're in your thing. It sounds real weird, and nobody else is going to... Just go ahead. Work with me. We're working together on this, okay? This is going to be interactive, right? Look. Say look. Look, sure. Jesus says, look, behold, take your eyes off of whatever it is that your eyes are on. When you're struggling, when you're tired, when you're discouraged, when you're weary, when you're at the end of your rope, Jesus says, look, behold, get your mind's eye off the thing that is building up your anxieties, that's tearing down your esteem, that's discouraging your strength. Look, look, you're looking at the wrong thing. Look, he says. And so he says, look, and for some of us, that might be the very thing that we needed today. For some of us, that might be the absolute message that we need to hear. Look, it's not about your job. It's not about your singleness. It's not about your marriage. It's not, no, no, no. It's not about your successes or your failures, your wins or your losses. It's, it's about looking, where are my eyes focused on? Where is my gaze? Behold, look, look. And then he says, I'm coming soon. 
Wow. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in this scroll. Jesus says, I'm coming soon. In other words, what he's saying here is that I'm coming soon, like I'm coming in the next minute, although he might come before I finish this sermon. We don't know. The fact is, is that when Jesus says, I'm coming soon, he's letting us know that his coming is sure. Because we know from the scriptures, I believe in Peter, where it says, a day is like a thousand years with the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. In other words, time works differently from the Lord, uh, with the Lord than it does with us. And so we don't know if we're right there at the dawn of his coming. We don't know if we're right there. But he says, I'm absolutely coming. You can bet on it. You can trust. This is not where it all ends. I'm coming soon. It's, it's true. You can believe it. You can base your life off of that. And then he goes and says, blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in this book. That's such an important message to the discouraged. It's such an important message to the struggling. It's like, not blessed is the one who understands everything in this book or who's parsed every word. Not blessed is the one who analyzes everything in this book and understands every nuance of this book. But blessed is the one who goes ahead and does the things in this book. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of this prophecy written in this scroll. See, Jesus knows that our behavior will connect to our um, emotional uh, well-being. He knows that, like, and right, it's, it's, it's no surprise, right? If you're, good night, right? If you're eating Haagen-Dazs at the end of every night and you have like a racehorse metabolism and you do that for a couple of years and then you start gaining weight, it's like, it's, discourage, it's discouraging. If you're... Um, if you're wanting to be more patient with your wife and then you're finding yourself snapping at her, it's discouraging. If you're looking to love your neighbors well, but you're finding yourself fighting with them more than you're loving them, it's discouraging because behavior really does affect your emotions. Behavior really does affect your outlook. Behavior really does affect you. And Jesus knows that about us. And so he goes, here's, here's an idea. Don't do your agenda. Don't do your will. Don't do you. Do the words that are in this book. We have seven Beatitudes in the book of Revelation. And these last two, Jesus wants to communicate. He wants to get across. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. I want you to do the thing. I want you to do what I have you to do. And if nothing else, do this. Look. <laughs> Look, do this. Wait. He's coming soon. Live in light of his coming again. Live in light of his beauty and wonder. The fact that this King of kings and Lord of lords is the very one who has his eyes on you, who, has, who is smitten with you, who's pursuing you, who's wooing you to himself. If nothing else, let's do that. If that's all we know of the scriptures, then let's do that and we'll be far better off than if we didn't. Look, do Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in this book. And you go, how on earth can I keep the prophecy written in this book? I don't. I try and I fail. I don't want to click on these things and I click on these things. I don't want to act out in this way and I act out in this way. I don't want to overeat and then 
throw up afterwards. I don't want to I don't want to just be focused and always be insecure every time I walk in a room, be totally focused on myself. How can I do this? I don't have the willpower to and to you, if that's you, I go to you, I say, join the club. Me too. Me too. I don't have the power to do this. I don't have the ability to obey the word of God. My heart is so wicked and spent so much to do my own will that I find that I'd rather do me. I mean, I, I don't know how many times you've turned from the Lord when he's clearly told you what to do. I'm reminded, um, just a couple of weeks ago, I was, my wife, uh, she was in the hospital. I was visiting her. And I, um, she was there for a few days, so I was there um, the day with her. And then I was just coming home, and I just, just wanted to walk. I don't know if you've ever been in that mode where you just want to walk. And I was walking, and, and I found uh, right before I got on the Williamsburg, right before I worked, walked over the Williamsburg Bridge, um, there was this guy um, who, who had been out there actively shooting up heroin. And he had come to our church and had been doing really well. And like for like nine months was doing really, 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 really well. And I was talking to him. And I was like, come, you're not alone. You know, it's okay. You relapse, I've relapsed. You messed up, I've messed up. You're a loser, I'm a loser. It's okay. Well, let's be losers together. Let's walk towards Jesus together. Come, 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 come. And, and we talked for like a half hour. And you could see the struggle um, in his heart. And you could see him just wrestling, wrestling, wrestling with what he wanted to do and the hope that was set before him. And I just, I was just there and I was like getting emotional. I was like, come on, listen, you're no worse than me. And I was like, I literally told him, I said, come on, let's go over the bridge. I'll tell you all my sins. Your sins are nothing in comparison to mine. By the way, I have a church where we, we've come from really, you know, a lot, uh, come from addicted backgrounds and and we come from prison and, and just have messed up a lot of our lives. And I regularly tell my church, I'm the worst person in this room. Until this day, no one has ever yelled out, no, that's not true. They know I'm the worst person. And I, I bet I'm the worst person in your room too. It's cool. It's, but here's the thing. Jesus is better. It goes back to the looking. We find our hope in Christ when we look to him and not in our failures because there's no hope in looking to us. There's no hope in looking to our successes because our successes are nothing in comparison to the uncomparable glory of who Christ is. And our failures, our failures are nothing in comparison to his unbelievable mercy and grace. Well, I was, I invited him. I said, come on, Come, let's walk over the bridge. I'll tell you all my sins. Come on, let's do it. And he couldn't do it. And he started to walk away. And he walked away and I got really emotional. I got emotional because it felt just like, it was like an illustration before me of all the times that the Lord has told me what to do, instructed me from his word, corrected me with my brothers, you know, you know uh, shifted my focus um, through a Bible study or a small group. or And I just said, you know, thanks, God. No, thanks. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to go back to what I enjoy because what I enjoy is better than the joy that I find in you. A lie that I continually go back to, a lie that has hurt me more times than I can say. And Jesus knows that. And so he goes, listen, do the words of this book. 
And you, go, and you go, I can't. And I go, I can't either. So let's go to what else Jesus says because I think he's going to instruct us how we can do it. He goes, look again. Now we're jumping down to verse 12. Look, I'm coming soon. There it is again. Live in light of his coming again. He's coming soon. My reward is with me. Isn't that good news? I love that. There's this beautiful uh, gift that, um, that the scriptures speak about, that there's two types of judgment, right? So if you're, if you're not in Christ, by the way, if you're not in Christ, we encourage you to come to Christ. This is a message for you. This is a message for you to know that Jesus, that he's stubborn and he won't run away and he's pursuing you. And, and you, you can respond to him in humility and say, okay, you be the Lord of my life. You be. He goes, I'm coming soon. Now watch this. If, if that's you and you're, you can come to him right now, you can just surrender to him right now. But there are these two judgments. The Bible speaks about these two judgments. And I know, I know, the worst thing you can talk about, especially here in New York, is being judgmental. It's like the, it's like the worst thing you can be called other than being a racist, right? It's like judgmental is like just under racist, right? And so in this, um, in the Bible, it speaks about two judgments. Jesus, who, who is our King, our God, our Lord, talks about two types of judgments. One, if you don't know him, you'll get what you want. You'll get to be separated from him forever. It's called hell and it's a terrible place and, and it's awful. And it's exactly what we all want when we don't want Christ. There's that. But and then there's another judgment. And this is for believers. For believers, Christ has already taken on your judgment. And so what he does is he judges your actions and he says, this is gold and silver and this is wood and stubble. And interestingly enough, this is interesting, they both go under fire. One gets burnt up, wood, stubble, hay, you can imagine, and the other gets purified in the fire. Isn't that interesting? Even your good works are stained with all sorts of sin, but Christ even honors our good works. And then he says, he says, listen, I'm coming and I come with my reward. I come, there's no, there's no moment that you've fought against sin that won't be rewarded. There's no moment that you've experienced loneliness for the sake of the gospel that won't be rewarded. There's no moment where you went out on a limb and it seemed like the limb snapped and you fell 40 feet. There's no moment like that where he says, I'm going to reward that. There's rewards for this. All there is is not all. All that you see is not all there is. There's a reward that he's coming with. And I will give it to each person according to what they have done, which we just talked about. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And by the way, if you're here and you didn't know, Jesus is God. And he's saying this because he wants you to know that he's the one that you're hoping and he's the one that you're looking to. And for some of you, that's new, or maybe you were brought up in a different way, but Jesus is God. He's literally using the names that in, within the Old Testament is used for God and only for God. He's the beginning and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. He is are all in all. And he says this, blessed are those 
who wash their robes, that they might have the right to the tree of life. Now, this is huge, and this is where we get our strength. Happy are those whose robes are washed. How can we do that which God calls us to do? How can we walk in the hope that is Christ? How can we do it? It's because our robes are washed. What are they washed with? Listen to me. Listen to what it says. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life. Listen, our robes are washed in the sacrificial giving of Christ's, um, our sacrificial, um, the sacrificial sacrifice, the sacrifice that Christ gave on our behalf. Our robes are washed in his blood, his sacrifice. And because his blood washes us clean, his sac, that is to say, his sacrifice. In other words, our washing our robes in his sacrifice is just simply the human response to all that he has done. See, because Christ has died on the cross, we can now live for him. Because he has sacrificed himself, we can find joy and obedience in him. Because you and I have never been tempted to the point of death, we can now face temptation with the hope that's found in Christ because he who faced temptation, even to the end, he who lives in us by his Holy Spirit gives us strength so that we might walk with him. It's by washing our robes in this beautiful gospel that is Jesus Christ that we get to get the strength and the power to be able to go forward and endure a difficult marriage by being brave enough and just going, God, would you help me to find in you the delight that I have that I might not look for uh, this marriage to be my sole purpose and delight, but rather that I would overflow the delight that I have with you unto my marriage and have the courage to be able to say, there's something wrong. We need to, because Jesus loves me, because Jesus has, is for us, because Jesus has washed us with his sacrifice, we can have the courage to say, hey, let's, let's get the help that we need. Let's go to counseling. Let's go to speak to our pastor. Let's, let's, let's get into a small group. Let's, let's get the help that we need. We can have that courage. Why? Because our robes are washed. There's nothing to prove. There's nothing that we have to be afraid of. We're no longer ashamed of who we are. Our robes are washed in Him. We no longer have to say yes to the temptations who have defeated us. Why? Because we're no longer that person. Our our personhood, our souls, our um, intentions have been washed with the blood of Christ. So we no longer have to give in to that kind of sin. Over and over, we find that because of the work that Christ has done in our lives, we find that there is strength and encouragement. Our hope is found in Christ because he has done everything that we need. Not only should we keep the word, but we should wash the robe. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they might have the right to the tree of life. Let me just say this, that um, 
experiencing our washed robes, right? So like we're, we're, we're clean in Christ. He has saved us everything that's done for us. He has done, if you ever read your Bible, if you ever pray a prayer, if you ever go to a small group, if you ever study the scriptures, if you ever listen to this message, this is all done because Christ gives you the desire and he gives you the strength and he gives you the will and he gives you the ability and he gives you, in this case, the technology to be able to view this are right where, wherever you are. But listen, what does that look like, washing our robes? Well, on a day-to-day practical basis, I would encourage you to open, your, open the scriptures up. And I know for many of you, it's on your phone. Um, it might do you some good to get off your phone. And, and forgive me for sounding super old in that. But it might actually do you some good to, to get off your phone and actually look at pages and not be distracted and just open up the word. And here's, here's the deal. And, and every day, every day, why? Because my thinking is upside down. I don't find my hope in Christ. I find my hope in the circumstances of life. So every day I need to have time with God's word where it's unrushed and it's deliberate and it's intentional every day. One way you can do that, there's an app that's, I don't get any money, but you going to this app. I have no affiliation with this app, but I use this app myself and it's called Read Scripture. And it's a fantastic app. What it does is in the very beginning, it helps you to read through the scriptures and you could do it at whatever pace you want. But in the app, read scripture, what it does is uh, read scripture, one word. And what it does is this beautiful thing where it has a video about whatever book you're going to read. And this video explains what you're about to read so that when you read it, you have some handles about reading God's word because sometimes it can be tough reading God's word. Well, that's a helpful tool. And I know I told you to get off your phone and like go on your thing, but you might need to get on your phone to get the app to to get that. So just work with me. This is harder than it looks, okay? But here's the deal. Here's the point that I'm trying to make. That is a response to the goodness of God in giving us his word. It's God who's given us his word. It's God who's given us the desire to read his word. It's God who's given us the ability to read. It's God who's done. He's done all this work. And then he says, now wash your robes. Open the book. Read the text. Find the hope that you've been looking for all throughout the world. Find it in Christ. What's another thing? Another another way to wash your robes is honestly and vulnerably confess. There's something beautiful about me sharing with you my sins. It's like what I was going to do with the the brother that I I had um, seen on the mouth of the Williamsburg Bridge. I was just like, okay, you're not alone. And when we can find others who we don't have to, who we don't have to pretend, we don't have to put fake robes on to hide all of the dirt that's under our garments. No, no, no. But we can just go, okay, no, no, here's the truth about me. Here's the truth about me. I'm not a good husband. I'm not a good father. I'm not a good pastor. I'm not a good friend. I'm not a good, that's the truth about me. And at the same time, no, Jesus is pursuing me, that Jesus is my hope, that Jesus loves me even in all my frailty, brokenness, and fears. So one way to wash our robes is to read the Bible. Another way is to confess honestly, start actually being humble enough to confess to one another, confess you one another your sins. Another way uh, to wash your robe is to serve others. 
that you would serve others in the name of Christ. Not just serve others and when they go, why are you so nice? You go, oh, shucks, you know, I just guess it was the way I was raised. No, but being able to say, oh, no, no, the reason that I'm serving you is because I've been served by Christ and he has so thoroughly washed me clean and made me new again that he's given me encouragement and help to be able to serve you. And if, if you would like, I would love to be able to point you to the one who's serving us both in this moment. You see, that's how we wash our robes. We wash our robes by following Christ, by doing what he says, by living in his, and, and what we find is encouragement from him that we didn't have before. And then in conclusion, which never believe a pastor when he says in conclusion, um, I just, I want you to see something really powerful. I'm just going to jump down. I know I was, uh, we're skipping a bunch here, um, but I want you to just jump down to verse 17. If you look at verse 17, it says, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. I love this. After they received all these, these last words of Jesus about how he's coming again and how he's encouraging us to wash our robes and how he's instructing us to find our hope and our gladness and our satisfaction in him. After all of that, there's a response. The, the, the Spirit and the Bride. Now, if you're new... Um, the Spirit is the Holy Spirit. That's God's Holy Spirit who lives in you when you receive Christ and you accept him as Lord and Savior. And then the bride is what the church is called. Us gathered together, we are considered the bride of Christ. This is why, like what I was saying before, our hope is in Christ because even if you have a bad marriage, you go, oh no, but there's another marriage. There's another marriage that's going to be consummated, that's going to be like the most amazing. And even if you're single, wait, no, you got it. You've got a spouse, one who is deeply in love with you and who will always be faithful and who will pursue you to the end. The church gathered together, we are his bride. And so it says that the spirit and the bride, as a direct result of receiving all this good, beautiful, wonderful hope from Jesus, there's, there's just one exclamation, there's one thing that resounds, and it's this, come, come, come on. Come, it's, it's this beautiful, beautiful one-word song. And he goes, come and let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who's thirsty, come. And let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life. Won't you just come? So what happens is, is that when we start receiving the hope that's found in Christ, when we get encouraged, when we start being, um, when we start experiencing the the strength that Christ gives, here's what happens. We start sharing it with others because it's too good to keep to ourselves. I mean, um, everything that I do that I really enjoy, I never keep it to myself. I remember recently in, um, on that same walk, I was walking through, uh, I think it was Bedford, and uh, there's this, I never had it before. It's Japanese ice cream. I don't know if you've ever had it before. It's really delicious and really interesting, and I'm not an ice cream guy. Well, the point is, is that two days later on uh, our, our family's Sabbath, what we did was I got the kids. I said, okay, you got to try this, and it's crazy expensive, and I never do this, but I was like, all right, yeah, this is, this is wonderful enough. I said, you got to try it, and so I brought them, and they tried. I was like, whoa, this is amazing, and we all rejoiced at the wonder and the glory of this Japanese ice cream. Why do I share that with you? Well, because... Whenever you have something that's wonderful and beautiful and satisfying, you can't help but share it with others. 
And this is your opportunity as you rest in Christ. You go, I don't feel like doing it. Maybe, maybe you don't feel like doing it because your satisfaction and your joy and your, and, your, and your rest is not coming from Christ. To which I would say, go back to the beginning of the message. Do the words of this book and the way you do it is by coming to him, receiving the cleansing that he gives and therefore being cleansed, uh, cleanse your robes. And so as he strengthens you to do that and you find your satisfaction in him, declare to others, declare to your friends, declare to your families, declare to your co-workers, declare to anyone around you, just declare, come. The one who is hopeful, the one who's the hope for your marriage, the one who's the hope for your singleness, the one who's the hope for your depression, the one who's the hope for your joblessness and your financial struggle, the one who's the hope even in the midst of your sin and active drinking, the one who's the hope for your alcoholism, the one who's the hope for your, uh, for your addiction, the one who's your hope. And you get to tell others, oh, he's not only my hope, he can be your hope as well. I encourage you to run to him. Could you imagine what would life be like if you, in the midst of your struggle, found your hope? If you changed your focus, you looked to him. If you started to live out of what he says, not of what you think. If you started to wash your robes by some of these sort of, um, these beautiful disciplines that God gives, that he enables you to have, and he enables you to act out on, and he enables you to do. What would it be like, what would it be like to, out of a joyful heart, not a judgmental heart, but a joyful heart, to be able to proclaim the name of Jesus? You will experience a freedom that you have never known before. I encourage you, find in him the hope that you're looking for and find in him and his last words the joy that your heart will seek. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much. for being uh, with us. And I I thank you for those people who've been kind enough and patient enough to be, I know it's so much harder um, in this environment uh, to be focused on a message through a machine or or a computer or whatever. And so Lord, I just pray that by your spirit, you would be lifted really high, that we would go back and even look back at the rest of the book of Revelation and be encouraged as we hear what you would say to correct to redirect, to instruct, to encourage, to give hope to those who are struggling and who are weary. Thank you so much for this time, oh God. Bless us and give us wisdom to know what to do with what we just heard. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, TGC. God bless you. Bye-bye.